0: We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. F- that! You don't got time set! Right,
1: Let's go! Crank it! Crank it! Glenn Woo!
2: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
0: You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on
3: it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Yo. And on today's edition of RCST, which is brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, we're going to have plenty more KU football player audio coming at you. Henry Greenstein of the Lawrence Journal World, kusports.com, will join the show in a little over half an hour from right now. Lance Leipold also spoke with the media. We'll share that audio later in the show. And we have another KU Football Superlips segment. And Florida Man Mad Libs is going to be coming in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, Continuing on with something we did yesterday, though. We talked yesterday about the KU Football over-under. It's set at six wins on DraftKings. You can get it at minus 150 for over six. You can get it plus 125 for under six. Okay, time out.
1: Wasn't the odds different yesterday? No. They were the same?
3: They were the same. Are you sure? Well, though I'm reading you the odds from yesterday. I don't know. They might be different oh. now. Oh. Those were what they were yesterday, so I'm just okay. reading the same So no, That's
1: numbers. fine. That's fine. I just wasn't sure.
3: Um, so yesterday we did a series where we talked about biggest reasons why KU football won't hit the win total, why they would, if they do end up winning three, four, five games, and they end up with the under, why that would happen. We mentioned injuries. We mentioned the schedule being difficult. We mentioned the defense not getting any better, uh, which, by the way, I, I, I was thinking about this because we've talked about the defense and... I'll get to this in a second, but um, we've talked about how the defense could give up less points per game this year. I didn't realize yeah. this till the, the Lance Leipold presser today that I forgot about with the changes, the NCAA rule changes about
1: yeah, the games
3: are going to be faster, but there's well, going to be I less mean, plays yeah. for each team. It's not just that the game will be shorter. And yeah. he was saying we've been told it'll probably be around seven plays shorter. So, in theory, the defense could give up 32 points per game and look like they got three points better. It could just be because they had seven less plays. You know what I mean? Mm, So, you're saying that they might still be worse. I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess from an efficiency metric, they can still be the same. But I'm just saying, at the end of the year, if they give up two or three points per game less, it might not be that they were that much better. Anyway, today we are going to be discussing the biggest reasons why KU football will hit the win total over. Why you should be optimistic about them getting to seven or more wins this season. Uh, When you think of that, the biggest reason to be optimistic, Nick, what is the first thing, and uh, we'll kind of harp on each one of these individually, what is the first thing that comes to mind?
1: Dude, the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that you have 9,000% of your production back. You have 20,000% of your production back. You have everybody, I mean, you go to the offense, 10 starters back, Earl Bostic's the only guy you lost. So all of your skill position players, Jalen Daniels, Devin Neal, Daniel Hyshaw, all your receivers, all your tight ends, those guys are all back. Another year in the system, another year with Andy Colnicki. You go to the defense, you have, what, I think nine, eight starters back? or I, I, I guess some of the guys, like Jeremy Robinson, for example, yeah. he's not classified as a starter, but he played a lot of minutes. So, you know, eight, you want to say like, what, eight, 8.5, 8.5? <laughs> eight <and a> <laughs> I, no, know, I think whatever. Fair. Yeah, a lot, A lot of guys back, right? That has to give you a lot of optimism about taking the next step and becoming even better. Because you broke through last year, and now a whole other offseason, a whole another spring ball, a whole another fall camp of everybody together, everybody rolling in the same direction, on the same page, all the same coordinators, all the same assistant coaches. Do you have a reason to believe that with this much production back, which is, I believe KU's number one in the country in, in returning production. Yeah, it's on
3: ESPN, and SP Plus.
1: Yeah, number one in the country in returning production. With all of that back, and already considering the fact that you, you know, you broke through last season, that should give you all the optimism in the world to think that they can continue to step forward and be just as good, if not better, this season.
3: Yeah, no, I mean that's a very easy way of saying it. If you if you applied everything that has happened to KU, you had a six and seven team that returns all those players to any team that had a bigger brand name. Yes, if
1: you take away, yeah, if right. you take away the KU stickers off the helmets, take away all that, you would say, oh, this team's guaranteed to win at least right. seven, or eight, or like, nine imagine games. if this was Texas. Yes. Like, well, it was oh, Texas. They're twelve, in the 12 yes. right? Yeah, yes, exactly.
3: Ridiculous. So that that's a reason that you should
1: feel good about that. Um, I mean, this is exactly what happened. In Oklahoma. Oklahoma was six and seven last yeah. year. They've got Dylan Gabriel back? back. They've got Brent Venables back for another year. Another year in their system. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys back elsewhere. And what they're predicted to go like ten and two. Yep.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I do understand there are more, you know, four and five stars in the program for Oklahoma, so maybe the ceiling is a little bit higher. Also, I understand that Brent Venables...
1: I mean, yeah, it's not a, it's not a fair it's comparison. It's not, but it, but it's, it, it should be closer is. than
3: you think. It yeah. should be closer than you think, and it's not. Right now, Oklahoma's being predicted to be one of the two or three favorites to win the Big 12, whereas Kansas yeah. is being picked in the bottom big half. Ninth. Toward the middle, yeah, exactly. Um, if Jalen Daniels stays healthy, you're going to feel great about this over. No, oh, That yeah. is a big if. We heard again yeah. from Lance Leipold today, and again, it was, we'll talk was about it, it next it week. It was
1: more of the same crap. It yes. was more of, we'll talk about it. well, next week. if I'm talking about it next week, I'll be more concerned. Oh, yeah, for the third week in a row. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. So that actually is
3: concerning, which maybe we shouldn't use that as a point then. Um, do you think, if if I told you Jason Bean started all 12 games, is there, a, is there an outcome? Is there a world? Is there a ceiling where KU still gets the seven wins? Absolutely. Well, okay. oh.
1: Absolutely yes. I think they could get to six wins with Jason Bean. Yes, I actually seven? have a lot the of confidence. Over, I think seven <laughs> is maybe okay. asking for him to be, you know, asking for a little bit much there. But I, I have confidence that Jason Bean could easily win Ku five or six games. Okay. So I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing that they would get there, but I think that I have a lot of confidence in Jason Bean. And we've heard a lot of positive things about Jason Bean and how you know he's improved and you know, Andy Kolenicki loves to. Pound his chest about how how many other schools have you know two fo- two power five starting quarterbacks that have won power five football games, not that many. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think anybody ever bothered to do the stats on that. By the way, which I think he was pretty upset about because he brought it up again, and everyone just kind of gave him blank stares. And he was, I think he was a little disappointed. He was honestly. hoping somebody was going to do that. I math think he was hoping somebody would. So like now oh, I have to do it myself. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I cool. think he was a little I think he was a little upset <laughs> about it. But uh, yeah, I have I have faith in Jason Beam.
3: Okay, <clears throat> I, I think too. just in general, if if you have an elite offense again. I mean, I think Kevin mentioned they were ninth last year to end the year in, in offensive uh, SP+, plus, and that was even with a you know, bottom 30 defense and a bottom 10 special teams.
1: Yeah, and I'm curious what that number would be if you take away, like, the Texas game. Sure. I mean... They played. That was their worst game of the season by far. They played terrible. They You're talking offensively, right? Yeah, offensively. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Would they be sixth or seventh? Yeah, right? exactly. Would that would that would taking away that game have moved them up a little bit?
3: If I told you they would just be like, let's let's say they even take a step back just because maybe a few things don't go your way here or there. Sure. Although there is reason to say that. Why should they not be better? And they're going to have a better field goal kicker. That'll help you get more points. Nonetheless, think. Yeah. Let's say they're even 14th in offense this year, which is, is slightly even even worse than the ninth from a season ago.
1: That's better than 130th, which is where they've been yeah. for the past 10 years. But
3: that still gets you in range of you won six games last year with that top 15 offense. All you'd have to do at that point is just make the special teams 80th. Make the defense 85th, and then at that point Probably, you can win yeah. seven games,
1: right? You would you would think so. So now, obviously offense, it's not a one to one with like a schedule and everything. No, but but yes, you would feel pretty good about that being a possibility.
3: Yeah. So I mean, if the offense can still be elite, which there are a lot of reasons to expect it to be and to think that it is, then you're going to feel good about hitting the over here, especially if your quarterback is as good as you think he is. He's the Big, Big, Big Twelve preseason off- yes, offensive player exact. of the year, right?
1: Preseason offensive player of the year, and that goes that back, back to he the injury be discussion. The best quarterback in the Big Twelve.
3: Yes. Um, year three of the defense I think is another reason to feel like KU football could hit the win total over. Yeah. Uh, especially too if we go back in line with the thinking of this is really year two or year two and a half. half. Right. Yeah. Which honestly,
1: like, I think that's stupid. It's year three. That's fine.
3: Uh year three, just having a lot better continuity. (laughs) How many years have you
1: been here? Three years.
3: Okay. (laughs) It's year three. I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. No, at some point it goes away. Um you know, just having the continuity. Having everybody know the system, having everybody know the scheme, being able to build on the scheme—not just to a point where you feel comfortable in what you're doing, but feeling comfortable into what you're doing to a point to where you're good adding more. Yeah, can the defense have that? Because you know, when I when I look back to some of the Buffalo teams that Lance Leipold had in his time uh, coaching there, a lot of those teams had like really good defenses with Brian Borland. You know, I I go back to so Lance Leipold took over uh, at Buffalo in 2014, or no, I'm sorry, 2015. Um, so I go back to 2015. They were 82nd that year in offense. This is just points per game. This is going to be very bare bones. 72nd in defense. they were actually slightly better on defense than on offense. Go to 2016. They're 126th on offense. They were 95th on defense. So again, not great neither, but they were better on defense. Then you go to 2017. This is when Buffalo starts, you know, getting to bowl eligibility. They're six and six. Um, they were 63rd in points per game. They're 49th in points allowed per game. So again, the defense is better. Yeah. You go to 2018 with Buffalo. This is one of the years where the offense was just really good. They were 29th in points per game. 58th. Was though, that the year they had the 6'7 seven
1: quarterback? Uh, Tyree was? Jackson. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Yes, this was. Uh, he threw for 28 touchdowns, 3100 yards. They also had Jarrett Patterson, who's in the NBA, or NFL now, over a oh, thousand yards yeah, yeah, rushing. Yeah. So it was a good team. Uh, Dude, I remember. The offense.
1: I remember in NCAA football 14. That dude's really good. <laughs> okay. There you go. Well, also, I mean, the defense,
3: if if you told me Kansas would finish 58th in the country like that Buffalo team did, albeit that's against Mac schools, but you're playing with Mac players, you'd gladly take that, and you'd feel good about KU's chances this year. Then you go to 2019, so to this point, this will be year five of the Leipold era in 2019 for Buffalo, three of the four years they've had a better defense than offense. 2019, they were 26th in the country in points allowed per game. They're 46th on offense. So now four of five years that Lance Leipold is at Buffalo, the defense is better. You go to 2020, and the offense was fifth in the country. They ran for like a billion yards a game. Um, (laughs) This was the year that Jarrett Patterson and Kevin Marks combined for 1,800 rushing yards. They played seven games.
1: Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, because of COVID? COVID They had
3: 26 touchdowns and 1,800 rushing yards in seven games. Just from those two. Wow. Not as a team. Just from those two. Um, so That's, they were 5th in points per game, but still they were 30th in points allowed per game that year. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about with Buffalo, four of the six years Leipold was there, the defense was better than the offense, and in the two years where the defense was worse than the offense, one of them, it was still a top 30 defense, the other one was still a top half defense. My My point is, the track record there on Brian Borland is good. He is a, I, I think he is a good defensive coordinator there is a jump you have to make to the power five to another level
1: that yep. is that is obvious and listen we know we've known that he's working with a talent yes. efficiency compared to other big 12 schools
3: he doesn't have the big 12 offensive player of the year coming into the year right no, he doesn't. now maybe they have more talent this year but I guess all that is reason for me to say that okay the track record is there your coordinator is good yes. right from a from a college football landscape perspective he is good you have more talent this year. You have more continuity this year. You
1: have more depth this year. Why can't the defense be better? I think beyond the continuity, what really jumps me out what really jumps out to me is the fact that you have that continuity, but you have a super senior veteran safety in Kenny Logan, who has been playing now at the power five level for for five years. You have a super senior middle linebacker in Rich Miller, who has shown to be a, a locker room leader and a guy that's on and on and off the field, someone who is kind of the heart and soul of your of your team. You have Kobe Bryant, who has a lot of talent, you you have guys that are now experienced players at this level. They are experienced in the system. They've played a lot of football. And that continuity plus that experience and combination of those things, you would think would lead the defense to being a little bit better this year. And there's already been hints at them sprinkling in more different schematic type stuff. Uh, we've heard from Boylan himself, from different defensive coaches about that. And that should only add even more to the thought process of, okay, if you can execute now, you're going to be in a position to be a more successful defense. Mm-hmm. And for those reasons, I think you have to feel, I think, listen, I get it. When you stink, you just assume that you're going to keep stinking. You're just going to assume that you're going to still continue to be bad. But all signs would point to there being improvement with the defense this year.
2: Yeah.
3: I I 100% agree with that. Um, So that would be a reason to take the over on the wins there. Um, What if the schedule isn't as tough as we think? Going back to the idea that the schedule could be a reason they finish under because you're playing a lot of teams who are good. You're playing a lot of teams who we expect to be either bowl eligible or bowl contenders. There's, I think we said, you feel like Missouri State's a very gimme. Nevada is, is, if not a gimme, as close as you can kind of be at least it is if if you want to be a bowl team and hit the over. The other ten games at that point become coin flips. Well, what happens if if those other ten games aren't coin flips? What happens if two of those games end up being teams that are three and nine or four and eight, and they're just not very good? What happens if, you know, a couple of the games that you're expecting against, like Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Kansas State, like some of the teams that Texas Tech who could be eight or nine or ten win teams, what happens if those teams are closer to six or seven wins like they were maybe a season ago i I don't think that's that crazy like if the schedule if UCF goes from being a nine win team, what if they're a six win team? what if yeah, you know Illinois after losing all that they did they end up being a five win team what if uh, BYU ends up being a four and eight team? It's not that hard to start twisting the schedule into being, well, this is one of the tougher schedules in the Big 12 to all of a sudden going to like, well, actually at the end, like a couple of yeah. these teams ended up not being as good as we thought.
1: Illinois just named their starting quarterback literally, what, two days ago? Yeah. T- two weeks before the start of the season? You sure that's going to work out perfectly? All sunshine and rainbows for them right off their bat? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Nevada was one of the worst teams in FBS last year. BYU again a team that seems to be thought of, of potentially having more of a down year. You're right. What if what if what if the transition to the Big Twelve does take a more of a bigger hit against UCF and they do kind of struggle a little bit more? You go to Oklahoma State. They have Alan Bowman. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. What if he's unable to stay healthy and you get Oklahoma State with Garrett Rangel again or mm-hmm. Gunnar Gundy? We saw what that looked like last year.
3: Pretty nice, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, you go to Iowa State. Obviously, it's been well documented what's going on with them. Suddenly, that game looks a lot different. Texas Tech late in the season. What if they you're right, what if they are instead of a 7 and 3 team when KU plays them, what if they are 5 and 5 or 4 and 6? And then you go to Cincinnati at the end of the season, a team we literally don't know anything about. I mean, they've got a new coach, they've got all kinds of new stuff within their program. They've got their old guy tweeting out pictures on the wrong tweet on the wrong Twitter account. What I mean, what is going on there? We don't even know. So suddenly that game looks like maybe it's not going to be that difficult. And boom, there you go. You've just listed off four or five games on your schedule that maybe right now today look like they might be eh, kind of tough. Yeah. But then you're rolling to Stillwater and Gunnar Gundy throws four picks. You, you play Texas Tech and, you know, maybe they they maybe Tyler Shuck is hurt again. He's another guy that has a lot of has had a long track record of of injury history. So I I do think on paper the schedule looks like you would think it's going to be difficult, but you're absolutely right. There there is plenty of room to poke holes in that, and to say, well, okay, you know, maybe that game suddenly is not going to be as difficult as you think. I do maintain, though, that when you look at KU's schedule, their first five, six, their first six games, five of those games are probably their most win- some of their most yeah. playable games on the schedule.
3: But I don't know that that's different, that much different than last year when you want. No, six- it wasn't. I actually, no. th- I think this could be an interesting exercise. I, I did this when you were gone last Friday. I just did it for the first four or five games. I actually want to go through the full schedule. Let's let's compare. Last year's schedule to this year's schedule. How about that? Because last year okay. you went 6-6. Six and six. So if we end okay. up saying this schedule is the same and you have all these other players that are back, then shouldn't that be good? Okay, so uh, Tennessee Tech to Missouri State. I, Missouri I think Missouri State's, State's, State's a little better, but still, it's an FCS game. You should win.
1: Missouri State's better, but agreed. they lost their head coach. They lost their one of their quarterbacks. We don't know a, a guy who was possibly wide receiver one for them. There's there's some issues going on there. Uh, their pick to finish, I think, Pretty low in their conference. I think they're picked to finish tenth. Is that right? No, I think it was. It was either seventh or ninth? Oh, okay, a little bit higher. Yeah, but still, I mean, this is a team that won. I think they were five and six last year. Like they they had their glory days a couple of years ago. They made the playoffs in the FCS, I think, in twenty twenty one. But yeah, this is a this is not and this is not Nichols, <laughs> correct. And you're we're also better Dick.
3: than that Kansas team was. Okay, yes. so I just want to call it a wash because you're right. It is tougher, but it's it's your most winnable game on the schedule. So if the difference of you winning it is 99% versus 90%, I, I don't think it's worth you know fussing over. Okay, week two was at West Virginia. Actually, let's do this. Let, let's just let's separate the non-conference non-con- the because that'll be easier. Okay. Um. So your other non-conference games were at Houston, and
1: at home against Duke. So. Let's flash back to this time last year. Where do people think Houston was going to be? They thought that Houston yeah. was going to be a double-digit win American well, not Conference even saying team from, going to a New Year's Six Bowl.
3: I'm not even saying from the hindsight of looking back to last offseason. Let's look back at it from what we know. Houston was an eight-win team. But at sure. Houston is still a tougher game than at Nevada, correct? Oh, easily. Right. 1,000%. Okay. Nevada was the worst team in FPS last year. One of the worst teams. Yeah. Now, Duke. Duke was a 9-4 and four team. Do you think Illinois goes nine and four this year? I think they went. Did Illinois oh, went nine and four. They last went eight year, and right? five last year. Eight and five, and they lost their entire secondary to the NFL and lost their running back, who was an NFL draft pick and quarterback. And yeah, uh, I, I mean, but I they're guess, on the I same par. They're on the same par. Yeah, you have to put, yeah, put right? them at least on the same. Sure. Yeah. So now we're talking about your non-con schedule is basically the same as it was last year. Or in worse, terms of difficulty. I mean, way yeah, Way better, than, exactly, he, way better than, than Nevada. Correct. Okay. So now from the conference perspective. Last year, um, let's see, you went at West Virginia. Isn't that pretty similar to going at Cincinnati this year?
1: Probably. Right? Um, But the timing matters.
3: I know. I know it does. But I'm just trying to take this all in a vacuum. Um, Iowa State at home would probably be equivalent to to BYU at home. Yeah, I mean, uh, what what was Iowa State's record last year?
1: 4-8. BYU's probably going to go 4-8. Sure. There you go.
3: That was also stingy 4-8 from Iowa State, so it could have been easier, <laughs> 5 or 6, which would be why you could get to there. Okay. Uh, TCU stingy, at home. Really stingy I'm, 4 I'm Yeah, whatever. Really? TCU at home. That's similar to probably Oklahoma at home, right? Uh, I mean, TCU is yeah. probably going to be hard. Do you think Oklahoma is going to go 12-1 and one?
1: They or could. whatever
3: they were, 13-1? and one? They could. Probably not. But even if they are, then it's just the same as TCU. Okay. Right? It's the same. I'll, okay. I'll call it the same. Okay. Uh, at Oklahoma, that would be probably the equivalent to going like... Wait, you mean at Texas? No, I'm, I'm looking at the 2022 season. Oh, okay, sorry. sorry at sorry. Oklahoma in 2022 is probably equivalent to at Texas this year. But Texas is probably tougher. That's
1: probably tougher. Texas, But is then
3: again, tougher. like the TCU at home, probably tougher than Oklahoma at home this year. So I think it's a wash altogether. Okay. At Baylor last year, that would be equivalent to probably going at Oklahoma State this year. That's probably about a wash. Mm, maybe Baylor might be tougher. Okay, that's fine. I don't think it's that close, though. Or I, I don't think it's that far apart, I should say. Okay. Um, Oklahoma State at home. Probably equivalent of, like, uh, U- Texas Tech at home?
1: UCF uh, at home? No, no. That Both of those are better than Oklahoma State. I think definitively.
3: Mm. Like, by a lot. With the quarterback they didn't have. Okay, that's fair. Yes. At Texas Tech? Is that like, I don't know, at Iowa
1: State versus Texas Tech at home versus UCF at home? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could throw Texas Tech at home in there. Sure. I mean, obviously Texas Tech, Tech on the road last year will be tougher, but Yeah, and then Texas know. at
3: home is uh, I guess you, you cross that one over with uh, Kansas State at home to this year. That'll be about the same at Kansas. I don't know. Yeah. I no, guess I get, going I through, through this, like the conference schedule, maybe it's slightly some, tougher than Anton, maybe slightly easier. So there's some similarities. I don't, I don't think it's that big of a difference to where I'm like, oh, well, you know, because if you put last year's team into this year's schedule is basically what I'm saying. They probably still go six and six. Maybe they go five and seven. Yeah. So it's probably it's, within it's still not one, as big of a jump. In yeah, to it's probably to seven, within one game difference, I would think. Yeah. And then I think the last thing, and this is just kind of a generic one, but I think it does apply. If you just say you might have the best quarterback coach duo in the entire league, which you can make a real argument for. Yeah. Then. Or coordinator coach. How much is that worth? That's worth a lot. Quarterback duo. Yeah, that's worth a lot. It's worth a lot. Yeah. So I am sticking with the over. Uh, we'll have our, our full-out predictions week-to-week. Week. Uh, we'll do that next week. 15-0. <laughs> right. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Shock Sports Talk. Henry Greenstein joins us in about 15 minutes on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back in to Rock Shock Sports Talk on KLWN. Derek Johnson with Nick Springer on RCST. And we're joined now, as we are every Wednesday, by Henry Greenstein of the Lawrence Journal World and KUSports.com. Uh, Lance Leipold met with the media earlier today and... Uh, the, the comment that was made on Jalen Daniels was, was kind of a, a lack of information, uh, a lack of comment from Lance Leipold, to which, I, I don't know, we, we've talked about this many times now over the past couple of weeks, like, what is what what should be the worry level for KU fans uh, if you had to grade this on a scale of 1 to 10? I think we asked the, uh, this last week. I don't know what it is now, because he said, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. I, I don't know if that would make you feel more or less optimistic. Where would the worry level be as we are now uh, about eight days from the, the season opener or nine days from the season opener for uh, Jalen Daniels and his health going into the season?
2: Yeah, my worry level has increased a little bit, Derek, if I'm a KU fan. I think that maybe I might be up to uh, five or six. I think I might have said five before, so mm-hmm. let's go with six. I, when I asked that question today, I was I was really expecting a bit more of a concrete answer because last time we spoke to Lance, he had He had said that he was hoping to hear over the weekend, last weekend, uh, that Daniels might be able to return to play. So, you know, I'm not trying to sound the alarm, but it's a little puzzling that they're still in a state where he's only just starting to ramp back up. And yeah, and Leipold said no like in-depth information on injuries until next week. So we're really not going to get a clear answer on this until mere days before the Missouri State game.
3: Why, why do you think... I, I don't know. This is kind of a, a speculative type of question, but like, I'm trying to go through in my head what reasons would there be if you were in Lance Leipold's shoes to kind of keep this thing under wraps for whatever it is. Is Is it is it about ticket sales? But I don't, I don't know. I think people are going to be excited to see KU regardless uh, if it's Jalen Daniels or not. Is it uh, about... I don't know. They don't want to give some sort of edge to Missouri State, but uh, again, I think even if it's Jason Bean, like... They're going to probably prepare relatively similarly. Is there anything in your head that, that comes to mind when, uh, because I look to like the NFL where all these injury stuff is so public and obviously the NFL yeah. teams are the best football teams in the world. Is there any reason in your mind why you can justify why there has been kind of a lack of clarity on this?
2: Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, we've talked about it before on the show. I think there's a lot of sensitivity with Jalen specifically, not just because he's a quarterback, but because he's had a history in this. Uh, domain, and I think particularly in the way that like information has gotten out into the media is something Jalen is sensitive about. So I guess his his personal mindset or feelings might be factoring into it. Um, I think it's certainly possible that they they don't want to to create levels of concern greater uh, than normal among the fan base, but I think the way they're doing it is kind of inadvertently creating a whole <laughs> concern because because there's in this vacuum of information. There's uncertainty and uncertainty to and speculation, and, and that's kind of what we're forced to do now because they have not been as specific as maybe we thought they were going to be based on their previous answers. So, yeah, I'm not really sure. I think um, it, it's not too much of a stretch to think that if Lance originally thought that this last weekend was going to be kind of the end of it, maybe it was a little worse than they initially thought Maybe they wanted to play it even safer than they initially planned to. But, yeah, it's a constantly evolving situation, but it's evolving behind the scenes in ways that we're not privy to.
3: We're talking with Henry Greenstein of KUSports.com, and, and who knows, uh, we'll hear again from Lance Leipold uh, early next week. Maybe by the time we have you on next week, too, we can, we can update the worry scale, whether it's for, uh, for better or for worse. Uh, now that fall camp has, has basically come to an end or near its end here for KU football, uh, is there a player – that maybe you're most interested to see in the season opener, whether it's just about how impactful they're going to end up being, what exactly their role ends up being, or or maybe answer a question that you still have about the team headed into the season.
2: Yeah, I have a few of those. And generally they're all players who have been deemed impressive in camp, but are at positions where the lineup is already entrenched. So an example of that, would be J.B. Brown. Now, maybe that's not super entrenched, and indeed Chris Simpson has said that the number four linebacker could theoretically end up getting more snaps in total than one of the starters if he's able to slot in that various positions. But I'm really interested to see like, what getting J.B. Brown on the field looks like because, you know, as far as we know, Taiwan Berryhill, Rich Miller, and Craig Young are all going to play really significant roles. So, like, what situations do you bring in J.B. Brown? Um, can his coverage ability when needed kind of keep up with the hard hitting he's known for? I'm just interested to see exactly how they choose to deploy him if he has indeed been so impressive. Uh, another example of that would be Trevor Cardell, uh, all the positive buzz around him, especially now that he's no longer doing baseball. He's at a full off cycle, but ultimately he's the number three tight end. Uh, now that doesn't really stop Andy Koldmicki from finding ways to integrate people, but it's just hard for me to conceptualize like what a breakout season for a number mm-hmm. three tight end really looks like. So, Those are just a couple of examples. I think there are some other players who are reserves who might fall into that domain. You know, like, do we see any of the freshmen? Do we see any of Calvin Clements or Logan Brantley? Um, But, yeah, I mean, this is something I've just been wondering about. On a team with as much continuity as this, what does it really mean for someone to uh, get rewarded for shining in fall camp?
3: Yeah, and and I think uh, another guy that, you know, as you bring those up, that becomes interesting to me is Cole Ballard because we've heard – so much about him. We heard more about him today from Lance Leipold and kind of what he's been doing over the course of camp. And um, obviously that's not even a position where, at least with the, the third tight end, it's like, well, we can run this formation and get you on the field or we can rotate you in. You're not going to do that at quarterback. The only way we see Cole Ballard on the field is because probably bad things happen. That would mean that, that there were probably injuries to your top two quarterbacks. Uh, but given how, how well-spoken the staff has been about Ballard so far, uh, do you look into this much in terms of the future of the program, that, that maybe he is the guy uh, for the future, even with you know some big quarterback recruits they're going to be having coming in, in in the next couple of years?
2: Yeah, it's been really interesting to me. I, I can't really recall a situation where I've seen a staff, like can't sort of keep this much praise on someone who's so new to the program, who isn't even a scholarship player, but by all accounts, he has far exceeded the expectations of everyone involved. Um, yeah, I spoke to him at media day last week. He's given a lot of credit to Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean for showing him what it means to be tough, what it means to be a leader. He also gave him credit to Dre Doran for, uh, like the center he's working with for, for helping show him the ropes. But yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting beyond this season. You know, a lot of it depends on whether Jalen Daniels has a good enough campaign to jump to the pros. Um, then we see maybe, there's a chance Ballard would come in as the most experienced and the and the favorite backup option, but or sorry, is the favorite starter option um, ahead of like a, a freshman and Isaiah Marshall who's currently committed. But there's also a chance they they snag someone in the transfer portal. I was just thinking about that. So yeah, it's hard it's hard to say for sure, but it certainly sounds like he's played himself into a bigger role than maybe the staff envisioned when they first brought him in.
3: You just wrote a, a really fun article about the creativity that Andy Kotelnicki is allowing with having all his players come to him and internally having each position group uh, create different play calls and seeing which ones work out. and You, you talked to a ton of the players about it. Did you get any sense on, on any player or maybe position group that maybe had the most success about getting uh, to to agree to some of the play calls?
2: I mean, I mentioned Cardell, and, and as you'll see at the end of my article, everyone seems to love his play. Um, that was the first one we heard about from Woot Grimm. I was a little worried that I had like opened Pandora's box by putting that in the article. Maybe that's not the right, maybe that's not the right turn of phrase. But like, I was a little worried that by mentioning that Trevor Cardell's play was a nine-man motion, maybe we never see that nine-man motion. But thankfully, other writers also wrote about it, so it wasn't just me don't get mad at me if we don't see the nine man shift, but, um, yeah, that was the, that was the only one I really got super specific details on. Um, I'll be interested to see it. It reminds me of like, you know, some of those, uh, those screen passes where you'll have like a line in who are out wide and they're sort of directly in front of where the receiver is going to receive the screen. I assume it's something along those lines. Um, yeah, I didn't hear much about too many other specific plays. The quarterbacks were confident in theirs, thinking that, you know, they know the best ways to get people open. Running backs all made run plays, as you would expect. Um, and I think Devin, you know, sort of implied that it was run plays involving multiple running backs, which, again, not super surprising. But, yeah, I'll be interested to see if anything incredibly weird pops up during the year, and then if we ask Coach about it, and they're like, oh, yeah, that was insert player here's contribution.
3: Uh, switching over to the basketball side of things, you got to talk to uh, a coach of of Johnny Furphy from Australia, which he is the ultimate, I feel like kind of enigma at this point in time for KU basketball because nobody got to see him as part of the, uh, the trip down to Puerto Rico and uh, nobody totally knows with joining this late in the process, is he going to be part of the rotation? Is he going to be a mainstay? Like what's exactly his presence on the team going to look like. So uh, for you in in writing that article and getting to talk to his coach from Australia, what was maybe the biggest thing that you learned about Johnny Furphy, the the player and the person and what he's coming and uh, bringing to KU?
2: Yeah, I wanted to learn about him mentally because as you mentioned, he's an enigma and I I talked about uncertainty breeding speculation. There's been a lot of that in KU fan communities recently. I feel like he's already become a larger than life figure and, as I noted in that article, Furby is also Australian slang for a, a tall tale. But, but yeah, talking to his coach, it seems like he has the perfect demeanor to come into a high-scrutiny situation like this. As the coach, Robbie McKinley, pointed out to me, you watch those highlight videos, he makes this insane dunk, and then he just sort of has a business-like jog back down the court. He's not someone who's going to get too caught up in any success. He's not someone who's going to get too caught up in any failure. And I think especially as a freshman with a lot to learn, you need to have that sort of approach to coming in, especially in such an established system uh, like Bill Self. That was the most important thing to me. And the second takeaway would be McKinley kind of supports something we've heard from Bill Self, which is Murphy needs to work on his body a little bit. Um, and that's I think that's probably the main area for improvement with him is just sort of bulking up and getting stronger uh, so that he can sort of open up those, those lanes for himself to drive and do crazy things in the paint and whatnot.
3: Well, it's, it's some of those quotes from, from Bill Self at the end of the article that, I don't know, I feel like they're kind of juxtaposing in certain ways with the the comment you just made about working on his body. If, if that's something you got to work on, like, uh, it, you know, it mentions Svee in there, and Svee was a guy who, who really didn't hit part of the rotation. He was playing a bit as a sophomore, but really more in the rotation by the time he was a junior. Uh, but then at the end, you, you hear Bill Self mentioning, or, or I guess read, on, on one of the last quotes about um, – him expecting him to play a a good amount of minutes for this team this season to where I think those things are are a little bit juxtaposing from each other. And um, as I go through the roster and try to figure out where those minutes are coming from, is there any way to read into those quotes about Bill Self expecting Johnny Furphy to play a big role on this team as you know, you have a new incoming player come in and maybe you just don't want to, like, you're not going to come out and be like, oh, he has no chance of playing because that's just going to kill a kid's confidence. When it's all said and done, like, do you actually expect Johnny Furphy to be kind of a, a main part of this rotation where he's not just playing five minutes this game and then missing a game and then playing 10 minutes in the next game and then missing a few games where he's actually like part of the, the game in, game out rotation?
2: I actually do expect that. I, I think it'll be dependent on how he how kind of takes to this, the strength regimen, you know, Ramsey was mentioned in there. I think it'll be part of that, how quickly he gets used to the system. And this is all a huge learning curve, especially for someone like Furphy who wasn't really, you know, he wasn't at the center of excellence until halfway through his senior year, which is something they don't really do at the center of excellence, but they had a scholarship open up with Tyrese Proctor going to Duke and uh, McKinley spotted Furphy at a, at a game in Victoria. And, so this is someone who was really a late bloomer. He didn't grow super tall until like in the pandemic. And I think he's going to have a lot of catching up to do and how quickly he's able to learn in that respect will really be the determining factor. But ultimately at the end of it, I do think we see him playing maybe like a single digit number of minutes per game, but I think he will be part of the rotation, uh, especially because they need someone with length to like come in for Kevin McCullough and sometimes KJ Adams and play those three and four spots. Murphy's technically it as a guard, but that's what I expect he will be doing.
3: Well, just 202 pounds, you mentioned him playing at the four. You think that's uh, a possible likely outcome for him?
2: Uh, yeah, probably not as likely as a three, but I, I do think we may see that at some point just because there aren't a huge amount of other options to go to at forward. You know, I mean, Parker Brown will probably be the first option for like a center spot, but. I'm not sure who who else plays the four uh, when – I guess it could be McCuller himself, but McCuller, I mean, is similar height, a little bit bigger than Furphy obviously. But, yeah, uh, there's a lot of mystery that still remains to be determined in the rotation. I think we could end up seeing Jamari McDowell redshirt, but that's not known for sure yet. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes.
3: All right, I got a uh, fun question to finish off with you here. Who ends up sure. with more wins this season? KU men's basketball or KU women's basketball plus KU football?
2: (laughs) Oh, gosh. I'm going to say men's basketball. I think as of now, there's no reason to think they won't make a longer run through the tournament, obviously, than they did last year. I think that'll add a few wins and probably get them over the edge. I think KU women's basketball is situated to have a very good season, but ultimately the Big 12 is still an extremely tough conference. Uh and we don't quite know how that team will do if it if it gets to the NCAA tournament just we don't have much to go off in terms of past experience there in the Schneider era. Uh And who even knows what the deal will be with KU football's record at this point. But, yes, I'm going to give the men's basketball team a slight edge in that one, just at my first blush.
3: Okay. Okay. Well, Henry, I appreciate the time as always, man. Uh, Anything you want to plug that you got uh, coming up outside of those articles that we discussed on uh, KUSports.com?
2: Yeah, check those out. Uh, Fall sports preview will be a special insert in our Sunday issue. You can read me break down every position group that I can possibly fit into the pages of that special insert, um, and some nice pieces on the other fall sports as well. So uh, keep an eye out for that.
3: All right. Henry Greenstein, Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. Appreciate the time as always, man. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Talk to you then. That was Henry Greenstein, Lawrence Journal World, com, joining us here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We got one hour down, two hours to go. We got some Lance Leipold audio. As we mentioned, he met with the media earlier today, so we're going to get to that audio. Uh, We also have some more KU football player audio, KU football superlative segment, and we have Florida Man Mad Libs coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Stick around for all of it right here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to RCST on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, klwn klwn.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on it. about a quarter till five here on rock chalk sports talk this is klwn with rcst we got Fordham and mad libs coming up in the uh, five o'clock hour you know what else we have coming up in the five o'clock hour more lance Leipold audio so that's exciting <laughs> have you realized that we are nine <laughs> days away from
1: the first k football game what is uh, so funny well, no, I just, I didn't, it sounded like you expected me to be like, woo, yeah, Lance Leipold, yeah, <laughs> woo! I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I mean, that, that's fine. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. I mean, you know, I think for a lot of K football fans, this is the most exciting lead up to, this, to a season in 15 years, mm. 14 years, right? Is that fair? Is that fair to say? I don't know. It's I mean, interesting because last I know. year I mean, there I, was a lot of hype and interest, but uh, I yeah, guess this maybe is another like, level. Going into Les Miles' first year, there, there was, was a lot of hype. Of hype. But
3: I, I still don't think it was this much hype. No. Now, well, was, there was a lot was of hype, like but it was like. Hype. like yeah, but you know people what I mean? knew
1: they were still going to be bad. Yes. Yeah.
3: But, and last you know, year it was like, well, there's a lot of hype. You're excited for what it's going to be, but it was still in the back of your mind. You're
1: like, yeah, but last they year, still might win three or four games. Exactly. Last year it was, let's win three games and then go from there. So this year it's two and a half. I think I think this is the most hype. Most hype since,
3: yeah, probably 2008 to 2009. 2009 yeah. At that point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, superlative segment. We've got this bowl with our pieces of paper, with our folded up piece of paper that have different superlatives for the season on it. And uh, we're going to each draw one and let you know what we think. Uh, the one I drew today is actually kind of in conjunction with the one yesterday. Instead of best DB, today's is best linebacker. Who's the best Ooh, linebacker best on lineback- KU? Okay. So once again, you can involve yeah, Craig no. Young.
1: we got to go through this whole. <laughs> situation again. <laughs> That's so annoying. Okay. Setting aside Craig Young for a second, here are your options. Rich Miller, JB Brown, Taiwan Berry Hill. You could throw Cornell Wheeler in there. That's probably your four main guys for linebacker. And then you have Craig Young. What do we do about Craig Young? What are we gonna do here? Because if you call him a linebacker <laughs> then he's the answer. Uh... So what I mean what are we doing? <laughs> what, what what are we doing here? What do you, what, what what's going on?
3: Because I used him in the answer yesterday for DB. Does that mean
1: you can't use him here?
3: Yeah, I I now okay, here's I think you can use him. Cuz I may argue that he used should a, be linebacker. a linebacker.
1: I used him as a DB so I can't use him. How about that? I think that's fair. Is that fair? I think that's fair. Okay. Well, then in that case, it's a slam dunk. My answer is Craig Young. He's your most versatile linebacker, one of your better tacklers, your most athletic linebacker. He can be used in a lot of different ways. He can be a blitzer. He's a, excellent in coverage. He's a sideline to sideline player. Can play on all three downs. And you figure he is going to be playing. I mean, I think at the end of the year, when you tally up the most snaps for defenders for KU, he's probably going to be in your top two or three guys of most snaps played this season. I would think. I mean, he is. It by all, all indications would suggest he's going to be a guy who is out there. Almost every play. Mm-hmm. So, the the value in that, the versatility of what for he what can do. What it's worth, he was number two on the team in snaps last year. And I, I for think defense. I have I have every reason to believe that he will be number two or possibly number one.
3: Yeah, number one was Kenny Logan. For what it's worth.
1: Yeah. So maybe maybe he you know it's you know splitting hairs there one or two probably with with Greg Young again this year. So the impact of that, the volume of him being on the field his versatility, speed, athleticism, another year in the system where I think maybe his role is a bit more well-defined now probably than it was at the start of last year. So he has a better understanding of what is being asked of him and what he needs to do. All those things would lead me to believe that Craig Young is going to be one of your highest in terms of snaps, probably one of your highest in terms of tackles, and a guy who's going to be around the ball on a good majority of plays.
3: There were three players last year who now return for this year who played minimum of 100 snaps who have a pro football focus grade of 70 or higher for the KU defense. So, like, Lonnie Phelps was higher, but he's gone. Kobe Bryant. Caleb Sampson was higher, but he's gone. Um, Yes, Kobe Bryant is one of them. He had a Uh, 70.3.
1: Is the other one Kenny Logan? No.
3: No, Kenny Logan uh, didn't have a great pro football focus grade last year. Uh, Another one is a DB, though. OJ Burrows. OJ Burrows. Okay. Yeah. How about that? And then he, Craig Young. He was a seventy point four. Uh, Kobe Bryant was a seventy point three, and Craig Young was a seventy flat. See, I mean by linebackers, but you know what's funny? Going back to the discussion of what position is Kenny or Craig Young, <laughs> Pro Football Focus counted him as a corner based on where he lined up the most. This is like a slot corner.
1: As like a nickel guy.
3: Yeah. So isn't that funny? Um, that's a third separate <laughs> thing that we didn't account for. I know, right? That's kind of funny. So if I just look at the linebackers though, here are the pro football focus grades. And uh some of these are worse than I expected. So this was not a fun <laughs> query for me. Uh Taiwan Barry Hill, his grade was wait, a wait, can I
1: think of you, you guess? wanna guess?
3: Yeah, you can. I'm gonna guess like forty eight. Fifty three point five. Okay. Uh it was just a forty nine point seven in run defense, forty nine point three as a tackler, and a fifty eight point nine in coverage.
1: All right, who's next? He missed
3: 19% of his tackles. Um, Gavin Potter, that's only 73 snaps. We don't need to count that. He's not back. Uh, It was like 40, though, right? It was a 51.
1: Oh, okay.
3: Uh, Dylan Downing played 10 snaps. He had a 78 grade. can we get to the real guys? All right, uh, Rich Miller. Rich Miller played 782 (laughs) snaps.
1: Can I guess? Yeah. 59. It
3: was a 54.
1: It was a 61
3: as a run defender, 62 and a half in tackling, and a 47 in pass coverage. He missed 14% of his tackles. It's a little more secure tackler. Uh, Lorenzo McCaskill for what it's worth was a 51. Eric Gilliard was a 58 and a half. By the way, McCaskill only missed three point three percent of his tackles, so at least he was yeah. like good tackle. No, he, he was the guy that if attack. he got his hands on you, you yeah, were, you were going down. It was just the pass coverage and I mean, your getting face the was going yeah. into
1: the turf if he grabbed you.
3: So those are the linebackers. I mean, it's it's clearly Craig Young over Rich Miller and uh, Taiwan Barry Hill. The only I guess possible conversation I mean, listen, we can have you're, is you're, where does JB yeah, Brown say, get to? You're
1: a JB Brown. You're a JB Brown truther.
3: I am. What do you think? It's hard for me to say right now, today. That J.B. Brown would be the guy. You know what I mean? Because like we don't know that J.B. Brown's gonna even start. So how could I, mean, I? It sounds like he's going to be playing starter level snaps. Possibly. I know, but how could I, in good conscience, be like, who's the best linebacker, and I pick this guy who might not even play <laughs> or, or might not even start? I'm sorry. Um, over well, maybe Craig to start
1: Young. start the season. Right. Well, but we no. Hold on. Time out. Okay. We already determined you can't pick Craig Young. Oh shoot, that's right. So okay. get Craig Young out of there. All right. Well, now I'm definitely taking. So now you're down to you're down to Rich Miller Rich and Miller. Brown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. No, <sighs> don't come in here and oh, Craig Young. No, you can't do that yeah. crap. You already picked him for safety. So too bad. You so, played your Trump card with Craig Young. You're fine. Yeah, and you're now, right, right. This, yeah, you have to, you made your bed. Now lie in it. You can't pick <laughs> okay, him here. Okay. Um, Craig
3: Young or had a what did I say? Like 70 Pro Football Focus grade overall. Now, obviously, that was yeah. against Big 12 competition. Correct. That is one thing that I, I wish Pro Football Focus counted for, is they actually graded on a curve to be like, you're playing against this SEC, player who's Big really 12 good, 12 or this conference is right. Action. So it is different with the grades I'm about to say with J.B. Brown, because it is in the MAC, but still. J.B. Brown had a 75 grade on Pro Football Focus. Wow. He was a 73 as a run defender, only a 60.6 as a tackler. So he's a hard hitter, but doesn't always wrap up, I guess. Missed about
1: Uh, 15.6% of tackles. The torpedo method. (laughs) I
3: guess. Launch yourself. But he was also a 76 in coverage. That's
1: pretty good. And that's where Rich Miller and Tyron Berryhill both struggled. And I find that fascinating because I don't feel like his coverage has been something that has been talked about about, much around with KU like Mm-mm. when when you when you bring up JB Brown around players coaches what are the first things they say hard hitter athletic you don't really hear coverage being up there as, no. a, as something so that's interesting to me I wonder I wonder if that's by design maybe he actually is going to be a guy who's better in coverage and they don't want to they want to downplay that yeah it could be
3: uh now if I if I sort out some of the games against the best teams he played how about this because maybe that's a better way of looking at it from a standpoint of who's your competition. They played New Mexico State in a bowl game. I guess that's a bowl team. He had a 76th grade in that one. That's solid.
1: Okay. Uh, they played Toledo. Wait, who... was New Mexico State the team that couldn't score against Minnesota? Or was that New Mexico?
3: I don't remember. <laughs> I I don't know which New Mexico is. I know Miles Kendrick was on New Mexico State. I don't he know was on I... New Mexico. Was he? Yes. No, I, don't, I, I, am, I am adamant. <laughs> okay. I know for a fact. All right, well, whichever one he was. I don't know if that's right, to be clear. No, it's right. Um, Toledo was a team who won the MAC. And- University of New Mexico quarterback, okay, Miles Kendrick. Good job.
1: Uh, yeah, he got 69
3: there. grade in that game against Toledo. <laughs> they also played Mississippi State and UCLA. Against UCLA, he had his third worst grade of the season. He only graded a 49.5. That's not good. No, but Mississippi State who Mississippi State won what, like eight games last year? They won their bowl game over Illinois, I know that. Yeah,
1: in the Mike Leach morium.
3: He had his best grade of the season with a 92. Wow. 77 as a run defender. He did miss a couple tackles, but he had a 91 coverage grade. So Sounds
1: like you're talking yourself into picking J.B. Brown.
3: I have talked myself into it. I don't know if he's going to be a starter right off the bat. By the middle of the season, by the end of the season, I'm going to say J.B. Brown.
1: I don't care. I mean, I think it's fair to say that your best – trio of linebackers probably if you're KU is going to be Craig Young, J.B. Brown, Rich Miller. Yes. That's probably your top three. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, give me the potential of J.B. Brown. I think on a floor level, it's Rich Miller. He has the highest floor, the leadership element. And Rich
1: Rich is going to play a lot, yeah. obviously. So
3: week one, I'll say Rich, Rich Miller, if I can't take Craig Young, which I've excluded myself from. You can't. Yes. 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 And then band.
1: middle of season, end of season, J.B. Brown. All right, ready? Yep. Best home game to attend as a fan. Best home game to attend as a so here are your options you have Missouri State, there's seven of them, Illinois, BYU, UCF, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and Kansas State. What's your thoughts? I, I have to me, I think there are three or four mm-hmm. that are clear cut near the top.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's Missouri State. <clears throat> It's an FCS You can throw game. out Missouri State.
1: No, it is fun because it's a season
3: opener. It's I'm a gonna game. I'm throw out Missouri
1: State. Missouri State's thrown out. Yeah. Texas Tech, I got to be honest, doesn't really do a whole lot for me. That's pretty low on my list.
3: Mm. I think the top of the list. Do you list- hate the troops? Is what? that why it's low on your list? What? What? Do you hate the troops?
1: That doesn't have what, what? Texas Tech is not You Army. eliminated
3: it. It's the salute to service game.
1: So no, clearly, I, no, if you eliminated it, you hate the troops. No, I don't hate the you troops. You just proved it. <laughs> No, I have no problem.
3: No. Okay. <laughs> no. Well, you eliminated it so quickly. And it, it is it's a eliminated salute service game. So I mean, no, not because of that. Clearly, I mean, Tech. add up one. You don't like the game that's a salute to service game. You hate the troops. I think to it's to be a pretty fair, clear math equation.
1: every time I think no. Let me flip this on its head. The troops don't like me oh. because <laughs> every time I bet on Air Force last year, they lost. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hmm. So with the you know. The, it's mutual. <laughs> okay, I love that. It's mutual. That. Um, Texas Tech's gone. Kansas State, to me, has to be in the top yeah. two or three. Yeah. But I will say this. If KU is like three and seven for that game, suddenly that game looks like not a game. Maybe No, but go I disagree
3: game. because if you're – if Kansas ends up going this season five and seven, it would feel like a bit of a disappointment. But if one of those wins is Kansas State, it won't.
1: Yes, hundred percent. I agree. Right. With that.
3: So at that point the no, is still It's becomes. a game
1: where it's a game where you almost can't risk not yeah. being there in case KU wins. But also late November game. Are you gonna factor in the weather? Okay. Are yeah, you, you are you a weather fair weather fan? Oh yeah. Okay, so Kansas State is in the top two or three. I think the next one. <sighs> I, would, I think BYU's got to be up there. I think BYU's got to be num- maybe number one or number two because that is BYU's first Big 12 conference game ever in the history of them. So it's cool. You're playing BYU for the first time in the Big 12. There's a certain level of, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of that word, certain level of, of magnetism to that concept of mm-hmm. BYU, first conference game. It's their first conference game ever in the Big 12. That's got to be up in the top two or three, I would think. And then I almost I want to put Illinois up there. I think Illinois. Should I'll be, be honest. Up like there. this is actually a very like. This is a lot. Of, it's a fun home yeah, schedule. There's fun games. All the games are yeah. Because like you I mean, you can make the same same argument for UCF. Yeah, you've
3: seen them for the first time. You know, you played over game October
1: <clears throat> 7th. Probably you, be great weather. You played Oklahoma really close last time in Lawrence. Like maybe that's a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a. There are a lot of good games here. That's what I'm saying. I'm throwing out Missouri State and Texas Tech, but the next five, you but could But see, probably... even for me, Tech could be a top twenty-five team.
3: November 11th, it might be a little cold, eh, but not overly. I don't, I don't know.
1: know. I just, I think, I think the other games are a lot better. Like I'd rather go to UCF than Texas Tech. I'd rather go to BYU than Texas Tech. I'd rather go to K State, Oklahoma. Boom, that's four games right there that I'd rather go to, and then I'd probably rather go to Illinois also over Texas Tech. So Texas Tech, just you know, it's you know, they're Texas Tech. They're just. They just they're out in the they're out in the wilderness in Lubbock, they they you know the day they do their dumb whatever, they're just they're just out there. I don't yeah. care. Sorry. Okay,
3: that's fine. <laughs> to me, it is the Oklahoma one. I I really do want to pick the Kansas State game because of you know in terms of game value, what it means the most for KU that is number one. Yes,
1: like I said, you you almost can't risk not being there.
3: Yeah, but I I'm just win. I'm viewing this from a standpoint of you're you're a fan who wants to go to one game this year. What's the ultimate Confluence of fun game, fun opponent, good good enough weather. Yeah, could be a you know should be a,
1: a competitive yes.
3: game. Yes, Oklahoma's it for
1: me, but you but KU's probably not going to win as a thing.
3: But you don't know. I mean, they, they got close to beating them two years ago no, in Lawrence. I understand, and that was with the two and ten team, <laughs> and they weren't that far off from last year. What because because again, Oklahoma might be a their over under for wins is nine and a half, so they're expected to be really good. Yes, but what if they are similar to where they were last year? At that point, you view that game completely differently. You just do, you yeah. know. Um, it's Maybe. October twenty eighth, so it should be f- perfect fall weather. Probably going to be if it's a night game, you'll probably have to wear a jacket, but nothing crazy. If it's a morning or afternoon game, probably going to be fine with the T-shirt, right? And could be, yeah. It also is the last time you're going to be playing Oklahoma, and who knows how long.
1: Yeah, that may, that increases its value.
3: And it's homecoming. Mm, I hadn't considered homecoming. It's a lot of check marks.
1: And yeah. it could be a
3: competitive game. I mean, last year, at yeah, the very least, even I guess though KU you, lost, it was an exciting game.
1: Yeah, if you're someone that lives like out of state or out of town and you can only make it to one game, well, first of all, I would argue just try to make it to more than one. But if you could only make it to one, you're making a lot of good points there. Oklahoma might be the pick, to be honest. I mean, I think BYU has a lot to offer because BYU is the game you can win. Kansas State has a lot to offer because of you the know, Sunflower Showdown. I think it goes without saying. That would maybe be my top three. Kansas State, Oklahoma, and BYU. Mm-hmm. That's probably my top three. But, I mean, again, I think you can make the same argument for UCF. It's, it's going to be, you know, a new Big 12 opponent coming in. I think the Illinois game has the potential to be a really fun game. It's on a Friday night. That makes it kind of cool also. So, uh, I mean, this is – you're right. Going through it, this is – when you really start to break it down, this is a really, really nice home schedule. Mm-hmm. With a lot of exciting opponents – and, you know, different storylines. It's, uh, it's it's pretty cool. Yep. And All right. Seven of them. Two hours down. One to go. Florida Man Mad
3: Libs. Lance Leipold Audio next. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it.
0: This is a Rock Jog Sports Talk news alert. Office say this man sold crack to an undercover police officer all while wearing a shirt that said Coke on it.
3: Ever wondered just how crazy headlines can get? And now the Broward Sheriff's Office is looking into this one, so if you recognize the defecating deviant dropping deuces on driveways, give Broward Crime Stoppers a call.
0: Our headline experts have you covered. A 42-year-old man was arrested for riding his bicycle on the front lawn of a neighborhood Home and telling a woman inside he was an FBI agent. This is Florida Man Matt
3: Libs with Derek Johnson, Nick Springer, and Sam Speck on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Welcome back in to Rock Jock Sports Talk, and it is that time on a Wednesday. Florida Man Mad Libs, Nick Springer, Derek Johnson, Sam Speck joins us in studio.
0: Well, and gentlemen, it's good to be back on a normal day. Instead of concluding a week, we get to bridge that uh, hump day, if you will. So a Wednesday Florida Man Mad Libs happening today. Right now, once again, just refilling you on the current status. Derek is 7-2. and two. He an currently leads 36-26 to 26 as of right now. Now, the current uh, standings over there are incorrect. Everyone knows
1: but... that I'm the biggest <laughs> champ and that I am undefeated in the hearts of uh, my loyal fans.
0: Now, for those of you at home that want to play along with us, here's how it's going to work. We got four legitimate headlines coming your way. Now, the first one's only going to have one redacted word or phrase, and it's only going to have one point value towards it. Now, the next three that come your way are going to have two redacted words or phrases, and they will have a point value of potentially three, and that's only if you get the entire headline correct, And I want to remind you that these are all legitimate headlines. Believe them or not, believe me or not, or just believe this entire game or not. But it is Florida Band Mad Libs, and that is the beauty of it. And now we get to see where these two dive down. So, you gentlemen ready? We ready to get into another week here? Oh, yeah. All righty. So, once again, coming at you and for you at home, keep your scoreboard and uh, keep your, you know, ears peaked here. But we only have one redacted word or phrase coming your way. So... And actually, we're staying here in the Sunflower State, in fact. And a lot of you can relate to this just due to the fact that the heat has been where it is. But a Kansas man cooks blank in the street thanks to this recent heat wave. What? Yes, indeed. So he was either cooking eggs. He just went outside with some eggs. He was cooking some cookies, you know, some uh, chocolate chip, something like that, or some cornbread. So, a Kansas man mm. cooks cornbread, eggs, or cookies in the street thanks to this recent heat wave.
1: So, eggs are a pretty common, like, yeah, I mean, you the know, easiest you go back one. to the Shrek movie, yeah. where, you know, Princess uh, Fiona cooks some eggs, that's what I, I, yeah, that, yeah, I remember that's what that. I that's
3: the typical one where it's like the saying, where it's like, you could fry an egg, it's so hot outside, or you could cook an egg on the sidewalk, it's so yeah, hot outside.
1: so, you know, what if this guy tried it?
0: And succeeded, yeah. apparently make sense that's
1: what i'm saying because with cornbread like what i don't even well it's so much easier if you're gonna just cook
3: something outside to go through the process of like because if you're gonna cook a cookie you have to go through the actual process of making like, the though, right cookie. i guess it's possible that it he's could went be to that it's maybe it's pre-bot. just like
1: uh, yeah. yeah maybe it's just like he you know bought something and then was like you know what it's so hot let me give this a try
0: yeah you know? Well, and to Derek's credit as well, I mean, literally, you just have to crack open an egg and see if it cooks or not. So yeah, that's true. there's that, but also, you never know. It's been 105, 115
1: with yeah, maybe, some of the heat he, indexes. Maybe it was you so hot know. that he like, was delirious and didn't realize what he was doing. It's you know, <laughs> cornbread. I'm going to go with... I think egg's too obvious. I'm going to go with cookie.
3: I am going to go with the obvious. I think this could be one Sam's trying to sneak by us because he thinks well,
0: it's too obvious and will overthink it. If so that's I'm going
1: the to case, egg. then he has got me.
0: Well, here it is. So, uh, are you going to go? The obvious is eggs. Egg. I, would, yeah, I, would, yeah. I would assume. Okay, so this is actually the full unredacted headline here. And to be honest, I was a little bit surprised myself as to the possibilities. But a Kansas man actually cooked cornbread in the street thanks to this recent heat what, wave. No, like, wow! I got to be honest, I don't even know how what's good in cornbread? would it be.
1: What's in cornbread? Corn. Well, bread. Know, like and- what? Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> what? Like you know? You said extra, it. Uh, <laughs> the, the material.
0: Have you ever had, like, like cornbread where, before? Like, cornbread. like yeah, good, It's a very Midwestern classic. thing. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, come on, you're from the Midwest. You're from Wichita. Like, no, you, it's a very You've Mid-Western, had to have some cornbread.
1: It's a very Midwestern meal.
0: Uh, I will say, though, I mean, I think the humidity and then maybe the heat helped in this occasion. However, yeah. uh, it, it is surprising the fact that it wasn't either the other two because you're right. Cookies and eggs is the immediate answer that you would go to, but that is today. Not the correct answer. So the house will take round number one. Let's get into the next three. And may I remind you once again, these next three answers will have two redacted words or phrases. And this one is just, again, I'm going to struggle to not laugh to get through the the rest of this. A a blank Florida man blanks tree and then punched a deputy. (laughs) So a blank Florida man blanks tree and punched a deputy. So let's get to the first one. An intoxicated Florida man, a wanted Florida man, or a naked Florida man blanks a tree and then punched the deputy.
1: Well, you know, anytime (laughs) alcohol is involved, I could see something going on with the tree here.
0: what What do you see happening with the tree
1: oh i mean dude (laughs) he could be you know needing to relieve himself on the tree it's very common (laughs) sam is losing over there (laughs) he could be needing to uh you know maybe he started feeling some type of way Uh, and decided he needed to you know i don't know i'm I'm gonna say naked i'm gonna say naked (laughs) so the options are naked drunk or what I, I oh, intoxicated, intoxicated or wanted. Oh. Correct. Sorry, I'm going to pose myself yeah. here. I'm so. going to go with intoxicated.
0: Go so Derek's going to go with naked here and another good guess with Nick. Well, intoxicated. wait a second. Uh, no, hang on. No, I'll
1: stick with intoxicated.
0: Yeah, okay. So I, I, have, a, I have
1: a thought, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> either a naked Florida man, an intoxicated Florida man, or a wanted Florida man. Either cuts down,
1: humps, or climbs a tree. <laughs> Then
0: punches deputy. This is what I was
1: afraid of. I th- I suspected that humps would be an option. <laughs> That's this is what I suspect. Trying to get through this one. But
3: what if what if the first one was naked and and humps? So is now, just a, an object dude, by listen. Sam to make us think.
1: I just gotta. I, well, I just I just gotta be honest. If you're naked, <laughs> humping a tree would be very painful.
3: So would be climbing it. You'd be scratch. Think about it. You'd be like dragging yourself up. Everything we get scratched. Right but I up. mean,
1: I would think that you would have the wherewithal to, you know. Maybe there was. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm, <clears throat> I am, I'm, I, my gut initial thought was humping all along <laughs> this whole time. So I'm, you know, what are the other options? Climbing, climbing. climbing. Cuts it down. Sam, <laughs> Sam is, Sam is, I don't just, know why he he would be cutting it He down can't even it. contain This it, one, so. I'm just gonna, I don't it's think it's cutting humping. it down. What's saying that? saying that. Well, okay, listen. Maybe. He was naked and really cold, and he was like, I'm going to chop down this tree to build a house so that I can have some shelter. Have you considered that?
3: No, I, I <laughs> think that's no. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, I, I have not, and I will not consider that. I kind of want to say climbing. I'm, I'm I don't going, know. It's funnier. I'm going humping.
0: All right. I'm going to go humping as well. <laughs> okay. So Derek and Nick lock it in. With a nice phallic motion. But here it is. And to be honest, a nice steal here from Derek. A naked Florida man humps a tree and then punched a deputy.
1: <laughs> that just wouldn't Bingo. feel that just wouldn't feel good. That just wouldn't be enjoyable. Like I'm trying to think logically here. Like what are we doing?
0: Have you experienced uh, it? Do you know it doesn't feel well? I I, I, I don't need to experience before? it to, I, I, s- you just sound to understand. Very knowing that I was gonna it say, does the LPD have some sort no, of something dude. that says they found Nick at a at a tree it, at the, the, the? I don't
1: need to. You know, this is one of those things where you don't right. you don't need to experience <laughs> it to envision and think that here's would be another, painful.
0: Here's another funny one, by the way, uh, Derek. Good for you. I'm sorry I couldn't handle myself there. Let me let me get re uh, reoriented here. Three to one, Derek. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you. How about that? Let's get into it. Again, these next two are going <laughs> to have two redacted words or phrases coming your way. Um, and again, this one is just as ridiculous. But a Florida man proposes to his girlfriend with a blank at blank. So let's focus on what he's proposing with. So a Florida man proposes to his girlfriend either with a plane, a ring pop, or a hot dog at blank. A blank, and we'll get to the second redacted plane. word or phrase in a moment.
1: Well, yeah, no, you like never like seen like the, the, the "Will you marry me" flags. banner? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like okay. somebody's flying the, pl- you know, you're you're at the park or you're at like or on, the, know, beach some, or you're something. on the beach yeah. and you're like, "Hey, look up, Woo, will you marry me?" Will Cindy marry me?
0: Yeah, you've or never whoever. seen that before. Yeah. I've seen it before. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 now, yeah, now, yeah, now yeah, you know. Again, it's got to be again so plain ring pop or a hot dog. I don't really is what he used to propose with. I don't
1: really understand the hot dog. Yeah, like at all it could like just be the, that far out there like what I don't, I don't I'm not following that one was the ring on the hot dog that's what I don't understand like I'm I, we'll I get can't there even, in a minute yeah. I can't even fathom what how the <laughs> hot dog would be utilized you know what I'm saying yeah like I, I don't even I have any I can't even wrap my my mind around that the ring pop is obvious here it's like you know maybe you uh you don't have the money to afford a nice right massive diamond ring and so you're like listen in the short term, wear the ring pop. I'll get you a ring later. It's all this. about the symbolic. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. You, you, you now I personally so would not. So the Florida
0: man proposes to his girlfriend with a blank, either a hot dog, a ring pop, or a plane, at blank. And we'll get to the second redacted word or phrase in just a moment. But again, either a plane, which we have just described, that would be dragging like okay, a message across. I have across a weird or, thought
3: because I'm trying to think like at blank. You know, this you is know, like it because this has got to be something inappropriate, right? If it, if it got him on this headline, maybe. What if this guy had a plane, a plane drive by like at a funeral or something? What? That would be very inappropriate.
1: Oh. No, my thought was like, my first thought was like, it, it's going to be something stupid like Waffle House or a gas station. Hmm. That's my thought.
0: <laughs> it could well, and they're, they're very common down there I'm for these go, types of events. So again, yeah, a I'm plane, gonna, I'm a ring pop. pop Okay, so Nick's gonna go with ring pop. I really want to pick hot dog, but you know, screw it. We're going with the heart. Hot dog. Is, uh, okay, so Derek's gonna go with hot dog then. Head All says right. plane, but whatever. So, a Florida man proposes to his girlfriend with either a hot dog, a ring pop, or a plane at his grandfather's funeral on the beach or at a food truck event.
1: Hmm. So
0: again, so you're, I mean, I'm you're, just gonna hedge my bet. I'm going to the funeral. Yeah, your logic might Derek's going to go out. with funeral. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I struggled not to laugh a little bit. Uh, okay. So either a food truck event, which could, truck that's, event that's just a or... public event. That's just something that you could be yeah. visiting downtown. It yeah. is yeah. what gonna, it is.
1: I'm going to go with the beach. I don't feel good about it, though.
0: Don't feel good about the beach. And hopefully you guys at home will have it locked in. Here's what it is. The full unredacted. A Florida man actually proposed to his girlfriend with a hot dog. At a food truck event, so oh. this is what you call a left turn right here. I went with just the most. You got one though. There you you did actually. That was kind of just off of the guess. Four to one, I believe. Uh, but okay. Four to one, yes. Four Here's to one. Here's what currently. I
1: understand: it's not a proposal if you don't have a ring. That's incorrect.
0: I disagree. That's what do you incorrect? mean? You don't have to have a ring. I think you do. You but don't. you're the only unmarried person in this
3: room. Very materialistic of you. It's not materialistic at You're the only unmarried person it's a symbol of your
1: undying love. Symbol. I could eat a hot dog anywhere. You can eat a ring pop. I mean, what are we doing? But it's a ring, at least.
0: Oh, for God's sakes! And talking, and like uh, Derek and I will look at each other. The only unmarried person in this room is who? Mm. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, that's by design. Uh, Oh, yeah, okay, that's by design. All right, four. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Four to one, by the way, as it's we head into the long game. We are, we we are. This yeah, one really long game. It this is, one it might is, be forever. I don't know. This one's wild. You're gonna have to think. I might be, I one. might be screwed. If I could give either of you just a, a hint, think outside the box here, boys. So, a Florida man, excuse me. Actually, let's bring the ladies involved here before I get ahead of myself. A Florida woman, blank. Woman. Before attending blank. So, a Florida woman was either. Driving through a Burger King, struck by Kid. lightning, or wins
1: the lottery you, before so when you attending. Say driving through the Burg- here's you mean how like, would here's how we say driving through the Burger King. Correct. Like, here's, like not going through the drive-through, uh, like crashing uh, uh, inside. Like correct. Boom. Yes. Here's how. Here's Explosion how it would. Re- here's how we would read. Into the Burger King. Florida
0: woman struck by lightning. Florida woman wins lottery, or Florida woman drives through B K before attending blank. So that is your, again, uh, their phrases, not necessarily just a word. I but think again. if she would have
3: driven through the Burger King, she would have gotten, she wouldn't have been able to attend whatever she attended. The cops would have, uh,
0: you don't know that. Uh, that's a good observation. I uh, don't know, know that. Oh, yeah, maybe she made, <laughs> she made it.
3: But at that point, the cops would have been chasing her the whole way, that she wouldn't have been able to attend where she's at. She wouldn't have been able to get out maybe. of the car and go. Maybe attend. not.
0: You don't know that. Okay, so I'm not gonna do that one. Struck by lightning, won the lottery, or drove through a burger. I'm gonna king. say struck by lightning. I'm Holy gonna go with uh, won the lottery. Okay, so Nick's gonna go with the lottery. Because dude, Derek's... if you
1: get struck by lightning, you're a, you know what you're gonna be attending the hospital.
3: <laughs> People get struck by lightning if they get you know minor strike and they end up being okay. No,
1: I know. No, it's 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 yeah. Have I mean, you I'll, met one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I'm kidding. In order to be like. Seriously injured, I think you have to be like directly struck. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so a Florida
0: woman was either struck by lightning, she won the lottery, or drive drove through a BK before attending church, before attending the MLB game, or before attending a Beyonce concert.
3: Beyonce. You
0: think so? She got struck by lightning.
3: She was like, I don't feel
0: so good, but she was like, Man,
3: I bought these Beyonce tickets a year ago. Queen B, baby. I think I actually (laughs) think I
1: actually think you're right. So I'm, I'm going to hedge here. I'm going to pick Beyonce. I think I think Derek's right
0: here. All right. Here's what it is. And for you at home that are playing along with the game as well, I hope you have your answers in and locked as well. But a Florida woman who was legitimately struck by lightning before attending a Beyonce concert. So both of you guys got a point out of that. But, again, Derek got the whole thing. Uh, she yeah. was uh, reading, the con- reading the context into it. She was stopped. Before she could uh, really proceed with the rest of her night, yeah, obviously, probably, probably, smart probably idea. a good idea. But yeah. uh, I'll tell you what, then Florida women and men—they're they're a different breed. The fact right. that they wanted to go get their their concert on after get that, then, but nonetheless, Derek with a nice victory this week. Congrats on that one. Do we have a house here? I, I know do we're, have house. we're running this is a, a short one bit. One Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. Georgia man arrested for allegedly stealing
3: blank from blank.
0: Okay Very simple S- Stealing blank George blank. man arrested
3: blank. for allegedly After allegedly stealing Blank from blank George man arrested After allegedly stealing Two dollar bill
0: Porch Or penguin Porch From blank What? Like A, a porch? porch Like the whole porch? Like a legitimate yeah. The entire front end of your house What? Porch That doesn't okay. even make sense Why? It does make sense But you it doesn't You steal does the whole porch? Logically, logically- you can steal anything
1: What do you mean? You can okay. steal anything. In your I can house, steal your car. You know what? You you just, porch,
0: just just for equipment to do it. No. Just for the. Just for it, I'm going to go Peng. Porsche. I'm okay. going to go Porsche. Penguin. I'm go Porsche.
3: Penguin. Georgia man arrested for allegedly stealing blank what? from zoo, neighbor's property
0: or Disney World. Okay. Disney World. God, it's got to be. So you're doing penguin Disney World. Yep. It's got to be neighbor's property. I mean, okay. I, at this point, penguin. That's a, that's a heck of a, uh, of a heist I'm just right involved. there. I mean, uh, so yeah, I'm going to go porch and neighbor's property.
3: Correct answer. Georgia man arrested after allegedly stealing porch from neighbor's property. Let's go!
0: It's Come so on! Stupid, man. I've you never don't steal a right. porch. <laughs> I've never gotten it. How that did that even happen? That is, is there so a picture stupid, of it? There we go. I don't know. I don't I'll know. Alright, well, thank you, so gentlemen, much. for including me on your fun. I know stealing we got to get out porch, of here. We'll be back. Florida Man Mad Libs, we out for one week. We'll be back next week. Thanks again. That's Sam. He's